This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. This week, we've taken a step back to look at the forces that shaped healthcare in 2022 and what's ahead in 2023. Joining me now is Ruth Reeder to talk about the state of artificial intelligence in healthcare and why it hasn't reached its promise yet. Hey, Ruth, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Can we, like, come up with a baseline definition for what we mean when we say AI in healthcare? Like, are we talking, like, bicentennial man or just, like, electronic health records? What we're talking about is actually kind of a few things. So the most basic form of AI in healthcare is kind of just math. You know, in healthcare, we use a lot of mathematical equations to assess risk, for example, to see whether or not somebody needs a particular intervention or whether maybe that's not a good idea. So that's sort of like the basic form. And then in in a more advanced way, it's using really advanced math that probably only computers can do to look at big swaths of data to figure out all sorts of things, actually. I mean, people want to use AI to sort of make predictions about a patient's individual health, so maybe their risk of sepsis, for example, which is infection. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's uh, whether or not they're, you know, about to take a downturn. Can we, like, see that predictively by using mathematical equations based on all of the inputs that we're getting, all of their sort of body data? So that's a pretty wide spectrum when you think about it, right? But there isn't actually, like, a singular definition. Got it. But it it sounds like broadly we're talking about doing some super heavy calculations for us that can maybe help us predict certain things we wouldn't otherwise be able to. Yes. And also, I mean, I think the other thing, too, and really where doctors are seeing the most opportunity for it, especially now, is in being able to assist them doing their doctorly duties. You know (laughs) what I mean? So, for example, one of the key areas where AI actually is doing really well in healthcare is in imaging. Mm. So being able to run AI over images and have them pull out details that maybe a doctor would see, but, you know, they're looking at a lot of images. They're Mm -hmm. very tired. Like, they're prone to running down, right? And so this kind of technology can be really helpful because it might spot something that they miss on, like, a bad day. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. But at the same time, you know, you've written that AI in healthcare hasn't reached its promise yet. Can you talk about, like, what that pie-in-the-sky goal is and and maybe where we are instead? So especially in the last 10 years have been some really highfalutin ideas about, like, what computers and robots and technology can really do for us, right? And I think, you know, earlier – There were some ideas that, you know, technology might replace doctors, which is sort of a scary thought for some and really exciting for others because we have workforce issues, we have burnout issues. But here's here's actually one good example of this. At a conference in 2016 on AI, this British cognitive psychologist named Jeffrey Hinton, who's sort of considered the godfather of AI, said that people should stop training radiologists now. It's completely obvious that within five years, deep learning is just going to do better. So that hasn't happened. Yeah. And he has also caveated, you know, I reached out to him and he was sort of like, I didn't mean that, like, you know, we were going to do away with radiologists, but we can sort of leave them to do more of the 
work that they're really trained for, which is not just reading images. Like, that's just such a small component of what they do. Right. Still, we're, like, not there at all, right? And and that's for a few different reasons that we can get into. But instead, where we are is we are still very much experimenting with, like, the best uses of AI. And it's still very early. So when you're talking about the promise of AI, especially in this radiological example, right, is there a problem with the way that we're, like, training AI? Because isn't AI success sort of based on how you teach it? So you are hinting at, like, one of the sort of underlying problems. And the answer is sort of, or, like, yes and, I guess, which is that it may not be that we are not training them well. The bigger problem actually is a data problem. And this is sort of why radiology is doing so well with this, Mm. is that healthcare data is not standardized. Mm. So you go into one health system and it is going to look completely different in another health system. And also the technological infrastructure for health systems completely differs depending on which health system it is. Talking about like from their software to their medical devices, like, you know, everybody's got their own array of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, AI, unless it's developed internally at a hospital, Mm. which not a lot of hospitals have teams of engineers, though, Mm -hmm. that is becoming a thing, then you can't just throw an algorithm at the data. The data is probably not structured correctly, right? Because it has to be structured correctly in order to get fed into these algorithms. Mm -hmm. It has to be the right kind of data. It has to be enough data. Mm -hmm. Like, and so... That is actually one of the biggest problems with health, with AI and healthcare is that not all health systems are even ready to put AI against the data that they have. And so it sounds like that's one of the, the reasons why we're not sort of seeing all of the promises of AI. Are there others? There are, but I think that's such a huge one because, you know, the technology itself, the AI is still in development and needs to be developed. But if you don't have, if like the foundation is not ready and if the data is not all there, Mm. then it's just going to complicate everything that comes after. You sort of can't adequately train the algorithms, to your point, if, if those things are not in order. We'll be right back. So, I mean, do we think that we can sort of standardize some of these data systems? Like, is that something we can even do in 2023? Is that on your radar for for 2023? No, but, and, um, (laughs) there's a few things here. The first thing that needs to happen, and I think is starting to happen, is that there sort of need to be these broad conversations in the industry about standardization. Mm. And there are different efforts to do that. One is there is this um, organization called the Coalition for Health Care AI that has a bunch of different industry players involved, including the Mayo Clinic. I know that various tech players are involved. I want to say Google for sure. And I forget who else is in the lineup. But basically, a bunch of like tech companies, healthcare players, health systems, And they have been also collaborating with government officials at the FDA. And so they just put out a document saying, here's what we think 
should be our starting point. This is how we could see, you know, data and AI getting standardized. And here are some like key things that we need. So for example, one thing that they've put out is this idea of model cards or essentially like little nutrition labels for AI that Mm. sort of describes what it does, who it best works for, Mm -hmm. like what populations, like has it been shown to discriminate? Mm. Another thing is around standing up these independent institutions that can sort of validate AI. And then a third component or like another sort of leg of this coalition's document is that there has to also be data sharing among health systems, Mm. which I think is so interesting. Will it ever happen? Who knows? Uh, Because health systems and healthcare companies in general, pharmaceutical companies, I mean, they guard their data so closely. It's proprietary. Um, I mean, that's why there have been so many arguments over even just interoperability, right? So I think that these ideas are really interesting. The reason that data sharing could be really important to this like foundational issue we've been discussing is that creating shared data would do a number of things. One, it would allow for health systems, sometimes they're like helmed in by the data that they have, right? They only have like regional data. Yeah. So if they can get expanded data, that might help train algorithms better so that they work better. And if we're sharing data, we have to standardize that data so that everybody can read each other's data. Right, right. right. That will happen already to a certain extent through interoperability. Yeah. Right? So now that health systems are required to be able to send one another, you know, at least patient data, that to a certain extent has to be somewhat standardized. Yeah. So that's good. So we're getting to a place where we're creating some standardization around that data. But essentially, a bigger repository of data might also do that. I think that that's a harder sell for healthcare institutions. Yeah. But we're beginning, basically, health systems are thinking about this stuff at the very least. So I think 2023 is really going to be a building year. It's going to be thinking about these concepts. You know, health systems are already sort of figuring out their infrastructure from a data perspective. I think Next year, there might be a bit more consensus about that or at least some discussions that would be sort of more large scale and less sort of like individual institution. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds like we have a lot of winners and losers to pay attention to uh, coming up. All right. So rapid fire really quick without any nuance, which I know is hard for you because you have so much of it. Um, What are can you give me like a specific development you're paying attention to and and what our listeners should be paying attention to as well for 2023? I mean, kind of the thing we just just kind of the thing we just talked about, which is I'm very curious to see now that Chai, that organization I mentioned, is not the only organization that's coming up with standards. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see how the industry responds to these groups that are putting out standards and what they think. Mm. Is there going to be adoption? Are people buying in? Are health systems going to be willing to share data? I think we might get a sense of that next year. And so that's what I'm looking for. What do we think the timeline is for for getting there? People say about 10 years for AI to meaningfully impact healthcare. Damn. All right. Well, it looks like we're going to have to come back and check in with you 10 years from now. (laughs) I guess so. Mark it on the calendar. calendar. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Bye. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. 
Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. We'll be taking a break next week for the holidays, and we'll be back to our normal schedule in January. Thanks for listening.